RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. So back in mid-August, we spoke with Barry Wilson from SOS Courtney Place, and he gave us then an update on the Let's Get Wellington Moving project. And on Thursday, just gone, we spoke with Nicola Cranfield of Cranfields, a retailer on Lambton Quay, long established, been there since the 90s. And she was telling us uh, her fear for her business and other businesses in that area as part of the Let's Get Wellington Moving project. Okay, so Barry Wilson is uh, back with us, former lawyer and convener of SOS Courtney Place. Barry, thanks for coming back on. Thanks for having us again. Okay, so it was a bit sad to hear what Nicola had to say. Uh, You know, it was kind of a dread and... You know, the, the slow falling of the hammer um, and not much to look forward to and maybe ultimately, you know, having to shut down or lose the business just because of the lack of custom that this project will, well, everyone is saying, including you, will deliver. So was she right to be, you know, pessimistic and worried, do you think? Absolutely. The the trends are all bad at the moment, post-COVID, uh, now a deep recession, deepening further, this is precisely the wrong time to do a major intervention, which is high risk. So down on her street, which is Johnson Street, I used to work there, I know it well, I mean, she's going to be cut off into a cul-de-sac and vehicles are going to have to do a U-turn by the old kirks and get out in front of her shop. She loses car parks, she loses proximity of customers, she loses customer ease and, and, and you know, weather um, affect people, won't be able to get to her so easily. So it's, it's just making bloody hard work of going to her shop. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right. So all those streets that go on to Lambton Quay, which are all quite convenient, actually, they're all going to be closed off, right? They're going to have to be. They're dead end streets. There are 12 of them, all the way down to Blair Street, down in Courtney Place. And they all have a turnaround at the end, which is, in my view, very dangerous. Blind backing trucks. Any truck under eight metres has to sort of do a U-turn there. Well, a U-turn is about an eight or ten-point turn. Um, backing trucks blindly with beeping horns, uh, hazard for toddlers, disabled people, elderly. It's just a ridiculous not-have-to intervention just to make trucks turn around and go out the same way. Yeah, okay. So um, I'm trying to remember exactly where we were when we last spoke to you on this project. I know that Nicola mentioned that there'd been a delay in in part of it anyway, so maybe you can update us on that. And what is well, the, what is the work programme? Well, it's been unclear, and they, they give us what I call truth by instalments. Um, they're quite COVID in the way Let's Get Willing and Move operate. But what they've done is um, there was a motion at council, you, you recall, to pause and, and reset and have a good look at the thing. It was a motion of no confidence. We, quote, lost that by two votes, two of the most naive, simplistic, I'd even say scatterbrained gunsters, voted that down. And, and uh, Who were they? Who were they? Well, I don't want to name names particularly, but the worst one who, who didn't have a, a grip on what was going on was Timothy Paul, I felt. Um, but Ben McNulty also got it wrong. He referred to Auckland saying it's a success up there when it's a catastrophe. We call it the car catastrophe. Um, yeah. You know, Miss Paul was quoted as I saw her say that, um, that Courtney Place was closing shops because of congestion. That's precisely the opposite to what's going on. Places are closing because there aren't enough people. I was down in Courtney Place the other night. We had a meeting on our SOS group, and I went out to get a taxi. And it was inclement weather. I got a taxi, and I got and, and talked to this gentleman. He'd been there for five hours in Courtney Place on a Tuesday night. 
without a ride. I was his first ride of the night. That's how quiet it is down there. Now, they're doing works which are quite intrusive, but it's they're doing quite a good job of digging the holes and patching it up, so we're not complaining about that exploratory work. What we're saying, though, this is a forerunner of what will come, and can't you see, you people, this is going to be devastating when it's executed in full. But um, we have a, an economy in, in almost free fall at the moment down there, and it's, it's, it's lots of reasons. It's grotty. The weather's been funny sometimes lately. Um, but to find a taxi driver who's had not one right in four, five hours rather, that's a hell of a bit of litmus paper to freak out at. Yeah, though I don't know how much uh, Uber has, has affected those guys, but no, I, I, I hear what you're saying. It looks, I'm in that area too, and sometimes compared to how I remember it anyway, going back a long time, it looks pretty thinned out, is how I would uh, describe, you know, the foot traffic and, and just the feel of the place. Oh, it is. Look, the, the bars are all down. But let's not forget, this is not about bars only. Bars are only part of the um, equation down there. That's the, the late shift, you know. It's the day shift that starts at 7 in the morning selling pies and coffee yep. to tradies and sandwiches. The police come in there for their after shift or early shift coffees. This is a place that relies on cars to pull up outside, hop in the door, eat it and beat it, you know, and that's what they do. That economy is going to be killed 100% by the removal of cars for 12 hours a day. It's, it's, it's a massive breach of, of, I think, civil rights as well and just common sense. Yeah, but Why they, they don't care. To... Obviously, they don't care about yeah. these issues. Otherwise, they they would accept it and, and, and would find a way around or they wouldn't be doing this if they cared. Yeah, that word care, I mean, it was destroyed by the last Prime Minister. It's just a load of bull. Um, these are arrogant, dominating people who only see their own way. They, they don't see the different points of view. They don't understand the costs and commitment of retailers, the money at stake, the mortgages, the guarantees, all of it, the rent. Everyone's talking to their banks still. It's tough as hell. It's struggle street. So, but these little bureaucrats and, and, and people up there sitting on 120000 a year, twice their pay scale normally, they just don't care and they don't get it. You'd think that you mentioned banks, yeah. Okay, um, you could be looking at um, uh, issues with the you know the valuation of buildings and premises uh, um, going forward. You'd think that you know there'd be a few bank managers ringing up whoever it is in the local authority and say, "Hey, it's so and so here from the BNZ. By the way, we're really worried about you putting um, a whole bunch of mortgages we have in in distress." Okay, just letting you know. Yeah. I wonder if that goes on. Do you, do you think? There is some alarm there. I'm talking to some larger developers, and there is some stresses in the banking system. I mean, how this happens is when you attack the tenants and, and affect the foot traffic, and you, you think you, the Ernst Young report, which is just nonsense, said that there's 300 million of what they call pedestrian realm benefits, more money to be made by people walking than taking vehicles. Well, that's just arrant nonsense for a start. How did they find that out? But, well, they just make it up. There's stupid formulae out there, and all these little textbooks that they all have, these planners. Well, like com- the computer modelling. Are we back to computer yeah. modelling and things like that? Yeah. It's been completely rubbish since, and I'm really surprised that firm hasn't apologised for the, the nonsense it produced. But the huh. bottom line is, look, when you, when you attack the tenants, you attack the cash flow. The cash flow is the rental. The rental is to the landlord. That is the value of the building. That's what base rates are based upon. The, the flow-on effects are, are huge. So you're actually starting something which you don't know where it'll end. And when you do attack the tenants, which this is an attack on tenants, it will reduce the rental ability. Like Gubs have gone, the pharmacy's gone down there, we've lost the Green Garys. These are all serious businesses who know what they're doing, and they've shot through 
because it's just too tough down there. And this the this project is a multi-year project, right? So even if they get to the end of it and realise they've made a mistake, they've screwed so many people around just just making their mistake. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. We, we can be a broken we could be a failure or a broken city quite easily here. Look, it's 150 million now. The government's announced, or the opposition and whatever, who are going to be the government. I suspect there's going to be a change, but the bottom line is that. It's 150 million. We're borrowing a lot. We don't have any money. We've not been saving anything. It's 150 million of debt. By the time you've paid that debt off, it's more like 300 million. Yeah. Money doubles over time. More than that's just a guess of mine. Now that's 65,000 a meter all the way from the embassy to the centre half. 65,000 dollars a meter. That's a brand new car every meter all the way along. That is dearer than Transmission Gully per meter of construction. Now, I found that figure, I checked my calculator 10 times. I thought, I must be barking mad. But I'm right, it's $65,000 a meter going down a main drag to no purpose. It's not going to save the planet, doesn't reduce emissions, doesn't do any of the things. They're all lies what they say will happen. Nothing good will come of this at all. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. If people can't access the place or it's not desirable, then it's all over, over rover, as they say. I mean, I'm I'm not that bright when it comes to these things, but that seems obvious to me. Yeah, but they're just making a paddock of pavement all the way down and a bus highway. The buses go head to head. There's no separation. Oh, so the, it's um, single lane, is it? Sorry? When you say buses go head to head. Yeah, they do, because the, the buses go all the way down. Only buses are allowed. Yeah. Uh, trucks have to apply for a permit like some sort of Soviet state. A truck over eight metres... To get into the Golden Mile has to apply for a permit from a, a council site and, and pay a fee, maybe or not. Uh, I see not. how it works. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's only two lanes of buses. See, in, in the bus world, head-to-head is dangerous. That's the last thing you do with buses is put them passing at three feet apart. Like, if you look at Manor Street, that's the model. That becomes the whole route. And right. that means grandeur of the key. Sure, they think people are going to be running around on all this pavement. Um You'll have scooters running amok. You'll have all sorts of things because they'll have a lot more space. So you're turning it into a, like a, a velodrome outside the old Kirk's facade. I mean, it's to me, it's just barking mad. All the trees will go, the flower beds, and they think we'll all come in here and, and play Ring Around the Rosie. Okay, so what? Where where is everything at the moment then? Just bring us right up to date. Um, there's quite a bit going on behind the scenes in terms of backlash um, or pushback. Yeah. Um, I see that uh, New World Thornton have issued judicial review. It's an open secret that other parties are looking at that. Like, the things we don't like are the predetermination, are the bias, are the way they've ignored all our submissions. We've achieved nothing. The only thing we achieved was keeping Tory Street open, and that's only because they were terrified of the big pockets of more Wilsons, who, you know, are the leaders of the TR area, really. Yeah. Um, so that was going to bugger up the whole circulation of Tiara and all of Little Street to become, you know, the capillaries become veins, become arteries. The way the city works is, is, is actually beyond a lot of these planners. There is an ethos in Wellington. We have our own ways and our own habits and all these... Oh, we're special. Of, we're special, are we? We've got special magical knowledge. Yeah, we are quite different people. I mean, every city has its quirks and its, its behaviour patterns. We have them too. And a lot of these people are imported. They've parachuted into Wellington no awards from these engineering firms, but they haven't got a bloody clue how society works. Yeah, I was referring. To, I, I was referring to them, not the Wellingtonians. When, when I made those comments just before, just to be clear. <laughs> Carry yeah. on, sorry. You couldn't script the madness, Paul. It, it, it's half it is barking mad. 
and they're, they're zealots, and, and they just believe things that aren't true. I mean, they think there are fairies at the bottom of the garden. We're not going to have mode shift and change the whole way we live and even do things just because they're trying to force us to. Yeah, It's very Soviet in its thinking. Yeah. Um, and do people like to go and walk around, you know, in a... Sure they do. In a, no, but en masse? I mean, has there been any sampling of the population to say, you know, does it make any difference to you if, if you know, the Golden Mile was pedestrian or not? I, has there been any... any I, no one's asked me. I've been around here for a long time. No one's ever asked me. They've had online surveys, which are often, um, they say there's overwhelming support. That's absolutely not. There's overwhelming opposition to this thing. Sure, we'd like um, better weather. We'd like to wander around more. And the reality is we have the worst climate of any city in the world, some say. Um, we have it's, it's the windiest capital, no, the windiest city in the world. And we have one in three days of rain, they say. And these are all official stats. I mean, it's not exactly El Dorado here. But we like it, love it the way it is. We yeah. put up with it, and as we have these cliches, you know, can't be well on a good day. It's true. But here, we have to be realists. A, we can't afford this thing. The money's too big. B, it won't achieve the people wandering around. I mean, people have more in their lives to do than just wander around gazing. Well, that's what, I was thinking, that's what I was thinking about. You know, if you want to get something, like if you want to go to Nicholas' store, you kind of know what you want to do. You go in there, you find a park, you go do it, you get in the car, you go, go home, right? Yep. Now, if you can't do that, you'd probably think, ah, oh, can't be bothered going to that great effort. Um, you know, you know that, that's, that's what I'm talking about, yeah. Yeah. I went to a sad funeral on Saturday, and I, I walked down the quay all the way, got a bus in town, good boy, and then I wandered down the quay. And when I got to the North Quay, it was like a ghost town. It was, there was no one there. A lot, all, no cafes were open down there except one, the, the Where's Charlie, Vietnamese one I love. I looked at Midland Park, sunny day, but it was shady. There was... Five people there. there yeah. Five people there. There's uh, no demand for Midland Park on the weekends. Kids don't want to go and play there. I've said to a couple of proponents, one of the ladies is foreign and she's very keen on her kid taking a boy to the Golden Mile to play. I said, no, no, take your son to a park. Get him a ball and get him to join a team and learn some team spirit and, and how you behave with other kids. And don't take this sort of precious, we're in Amsterdam wandering around, <laughs> you know, gazing at all the, the vaping. That's not the life we want to live in our city. It's naive. Yeah, I was uh, walking around on on the Saturday. Was that a funeral at St Paul's, Old St Paul's? Yeah, yeah. I, I was at, I was at the same funeral. John McGrath, right? So, Johnny McGrath, great yeah. guy, tremendous character. Yeah. one of our legendary. Yeah, we lost someone. Yeah, I wonder what he would be making of all of this because he was a great Wellingtonian. Yeah, well, he was a great hospital man, and he he, he would at, at first cut he would like this, and I think a few like him. Um, but when you dig into the detail and actually see the impact on people like Nicola, it's quite a different story. You've got Hamish Barnes against this. You've got the yeah. Gubs have gone. You know? yeah. So Johnny would be positive, but he'd say, look, you know, slow down, d- d- do it carefully. Um, you know, don't spend money you haven't got. Uh, he was selling. He, he was a good spender, by the way. Too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, uh, hmm. but that was just a little insight for me to, to actually go there. The key on the weekend is totally different. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. And it felt really thin. And I, and I, Take the point about Midland Park because I walked past there too, and yeah, there, <laughs> there, there, it was like ghost towny actually. Yep, yep. yep. Now I, I talk a lot to Ian Castle, a friend of mine, and he's very big on us. They're living now. If we had more people living in that area, but the conversion of buildings is not that easy. It's also costly. There's lots of things we've got to be very careful of, and also the types of people we introduce, and you got to be careful when you talk about that because that's like being elitist. But 
the mix of, of inner city living has is, is not been achieved yet. We both believe that Tiaro is where the big hood should be, not not down Island Bay North. Uh, we should have Tiaro where we all live, and especially someone like me, more senior, you know, senior living where I can walk to Courtney Place and all the places I like and whatever, uh, that's the place to be, and that's where the city should grow, not on the end of a silly weekly tram all the way to Island Bay at, at massive cost, which is just bankrupting. Yeah, OK, well... Good to catch up on the project. When, when do they actually start, um, you know, digging up roads and stuff? Just before we wind up, when, when will that start oh, happening? The, the big work is mid next year, as they say. Mid next year. In the meantime, it's just all this exploratory stuff and learning, and and you know, we just see what we're learning. going with. What, 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 what are they trying to learn? What are they trying to learn? Oh, they need to know. In, in Australia, the government got sued for squillions by the Spanish contractors because all their underground drawings or, or where the things were, pipes and fibre, and they, everywhere they looked they couldn't find what they were looking for and it was just a disaster. So to avoid that here, they're wisely trying to find out what's underground where um, because that makes the cost go through the roof and it will. All these things will go through the roof. It won't be 150 million, Paul. It'll be 250 million and then that'll be, when the time it's paid off, 250 million plus, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's just, it's eye-watering spending for something that's just really a vanity project. It, it doesn't achieve any of its goals. Not and, even, it yeah. won't even speed up the buses, Paul. <laughs> yes. And, um, and then it's three years of solid um, construction to uh, yep. do that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Barry, thanks for coming on and giving us an update. Great to talk to you, Paul, and keep it up. Barry Wilson from Lobby Group SOS Courtney Place. I'm sure we'll, we'll chat again, Barry, I'm sure. Thank you. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.